What God has done with my pain. 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 All right, welcome to What God Has Done With My Pain. Today we have Ariel, um, who has been so incredibly kind to jump onto the podcast today um, after moving. So imagine moving and then also still making time to be on a podcast. So, so, so incredibly grateful. Um, but yeah, with uh, Ari being on the podcast, I just want to go ahead and kind of jump in into, of course, what God has done with my pain. But before we do so, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you up to now? Like, what do you like to do? What are your little quirks and whatnot? Yes. So um, like you're saying, my name is Ariel. Um, I just finished moving. <laughs> like you mentioned, um, I was a Florida girly. I grew up in Florida, and then a month ago, um, I moved my life over to Texas, so it's definitely been an adjustment, but um, basically, I moved over here for a dance program. Um, it's been so amazing. We're able to, like, do ministry as well as, like, train, and, like, it has been such an insane blessing, um, so that is honestly what takes up the most of my time is that, and if I'm not dancing, um, one of my other hobbies is, like, writing. I love writing, like, spoken words and poetry, and, like, that always holds, like, such a special place in my heart, um, but, yeah, that's a little bit about myself. The last couple of months, the last couple, no, hello, just the last month um, was just me trying to get used to Texas because I'm also an only mm. child. Um, so that has been uh, very different for me because now I'm living with like three other yeah. girls. So just that it was like, oh, um, things don't stay <laughs> no where I leave them. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer <laughs> my own space. Um, but even in that, the Lord has been like stretching me and like growing me so much, but I'm just excited like for wow. what he's going to do in this next season. But that's a little like jump in and who I am and what I've been doing. Yeah, That's amazing. Have you always done dance or is that something that popped up recently? Um, So dance was always like a part of my life. That was something that I like always enjoyed mm. doing. Like my mom put me in like a class from like I was little and like that was like kind of like the thing that I did and then like in church I was always involved in like dance ministries and like stuff like that I just never mm. thought that like the Lord would allow me to do it on a professional level so that has been like so new to me and like insane but dance has always been like um growing up I was like I was very extroverted we'll get, we'll get into it <laughs> I was very extroverted mm. and then like I guess as pain comes, um, you start kind of mm. like enclosing in and I became very like introverted and I like stopped yeah. like sharing and expressing. And then like dance was my way of being able to be like, this is what I'm feeling. And I don't know how to say it, but like I can move my body and like mm. you can kind of see how I feel. So that dance holds an insane like um, place in my heart because like when you go through things and you like kind of shut down and you don't want to speak about them, that's been like the way of me mm. like, okay, this is my therapy. Like, this is how I speak to the Lord, but it's also how I like share with others, like kind of what I've been through and how I'm feeling in those moments. But yeah, dance has always mm. been a part of my life since I was like, itty -bitty. I love, <laughs> love, I love how you said that. That was so beautiful because just 
like normalizing not being able to like verbally express oneself mm. um, yes. but being able to find other ways whether it's through painting or art or journaling or just using your body you know what the yes. Lord gave you to kind of like fully immerse yourself but express yourself at the same way like that I could not have said it better myself because, <laughs> and I say that because I'm like I wouldn't have the words. So I loved how you yeah. said that. And so I'm going to, I'm going to ask like, what was, you know, little Ari like, like, what was she like before that transition happened where she did want to express herself verbally anymore, yes. where she did kind of like close people off. Right. So, um, growing up, like my mom says that, like, I literally would be like in stores, like singing and dancing. And like, I would like be like, I would like talk to people. And like, I was friends with like, every worker at the grocery store like I was best friends with them <laughs> they knew my name like I would make bright bracelets and like sell it to them I was like so extroverted um in school like even since like kindergarten like um the teachers would be like she's like very much a leader and like that was like always like kind of like my like attitude I was very like out there and like big and loud and like just like I would say my opinion, like the way it would come forth and like, just like very out there. Um, I was like, I loved um, like performing like um, in at that time, like when I did like dance, like at the studio, I would like love performing and I loved like the stage and the makeup. And like, that was what I enjoyed. I just loved like, mm. just really being out there and just being like so free in a sense. Um, so yeah, very much talkative, a lot, a lot. Wow. I was extremely talkative, like as a kid growing up, my mom says that I would talk to absolutely everybody anywhere. Like it didn't matter who it was. <laughs> I would always be talking, <laughs> but yeah. I imagine there being a language barrier and you're like, that's fine. We can figure this out. We can talk anyway. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'd be like, I'll just show you a dance. Like, <laughs> but no, I was like so, so, so extroverted as a kid. That is so beautiful, though. It really does. I think I talked about this a while ago, a few episodes back with someone, but like, there's something beautiful when you remember what it was like to be a child, you know, like mm. when you were a kid and what that was like. Yes. And there's so much joy behind that because it's like, once we grow and we become adults and we, you know, develop, it's it's hard to go back to that. If anything, like, yeah, it's like that part of us goes to sleep and mm. we either rediscover what it's like waking them up because in you know in the bible it talks about being a child and and being a child yes. of god and like at any point i feel like god could have said and be a grown adult or be a young adult mm. but like he, he referenced child a lot and i think that there's so much yeah. beauty in that memory of you being little and like selling bracelets and talking to anyone you know and just starting conversation and dancing and being so bubbly um because that that kind of shows how god made you um what yes. he had in mind when he made you with no filter or anything at all mm. so i love 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 that because it's so true to you and your character um and so I also wanted to to kind of dive into that because like you talked about being that and then like slowly it it transitioned out. So what was that like? Like, why was there that like transition? But what was that like for you? Because your normalcy was, I'm going to talk, I'm going to do this. And then there's that shift where you're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um. So um. I feel like I was, so like I said, I grew up like an only child. Um. So I feel like already as an only child you grow up kind of like around adults and like um you just kind of grow up 
a little faster um, just because I wasn't like hanging out with kids like my own age and everything like that. Um, but I say, I think what was like my breaking point into kind of like curving into myself and like not letting people in um, was I would say I was right around the, I was like nine or 10. I had like, I think I just had turned 10. Um, but right around this time, um, there was just so, so much had been going on in my life. Like I grew up like a pretty like privileged kid. Like I was an only child, but we lived in like a two story house. Like the house was like 3000 square feet. Like it was, it was massive. Like, and that I grew up with like big Christmases and like just so much like that the Lord had like blessed us with. Um, But right around this season, my dad ended up like losing his job. So there was like no income coming in and we were like, okay, like, that's okay. But like, how do we kind of like manage this? And then um, in the May of that year, I remember like this morning I had, I had woken up and my parents were going to take me to like one of my friend's birthday parties. And um, I went and my mom was supposed to go and like, she was just going to be there with us. And then like, I remember that they dropped me off and they were like, Hey, like, we'll just come pick you up later. I was like, okay, like, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, And then um, when I, my mom ended up calling me, she was like, hey, like, I'm at the doctors, like, just to like, let you know, Um, I had just had a stomach virus. So she had told me that it was the same thing, and that it was like nothing to worry about. So I was like, okay. And then um, my dad picked me up, and my mom wasn't in the car. And I was like, this is a little bit odd. Um, And I just remember that being like the quietest car ride like I had ever had. Like it was so quiet on the way home. Like there wasn't any words said. And then I can like so vividly see it. But the turn right before like we would turn into our house, I asked, I was like, where's mom? And then um, that was when my dad was like, she's like, she's not coming home today. And I was like, what What do you mean? Like, I didn't like, yeah. I didn't understand that. And then um, come to find out, like, during this process, my mom was actually internally bleeding. So it wasn't a stomach virus. Um, but what we thought was going to be like one night and a little stomach virus turned into two months of my mom being in the hospital. Um, she was diagnosed with a pancreatic tumor. That's one of the most like deadliest forms of cancer. Um, they just take people like this. Um, so during that season, it was, it was so tough for me because my mom, like, was my best friend. Like she was my, I was an only child. Like that was all I had. Like I had my parents and like, that was really it. So during that season, um, I remember like I would go into the hospital, like every single day after school. And, um, that just became a constant for me. It was like, okay, I would go to school, go into the hospital. But then there was like a little bit of like anger that started settling in. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't want this like to be the last thing like that I see of my mom. And I was like, if the Lord takes my mom like right now, she's never going to see me grow up. She's never going to see me dance. She's never going to see like anything. And then I just, that's when I was like, no, like, I need to, like, I need to hold it together, and then I feel like my mm-hmm. demeanor changed, and then, like, um, my mom, like, we talk about it now, but 
um, I hadn't been able to talk about it for a very long time, but during those two months, like I, I didn't hug my mom and like at all, mm-hmm. like they're like, I would walk into the room and I would stand at the door and I would like, I would be like, no, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get near her. I don't want to see her. And then I just felt like I needed to be like so strong and like, I needed to hold it all in because she was like, she was going through it. Like my mom was like about to die. And I was like, she needs people like more than I do. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm fine. Like I can hold it in. Like, I I got it. I got it. So that was like how I kind of like started becoming. And it was like, no, I got it. Like, are you okay? Yep. I'm fine. I got it. Like, and that Mm. translated into like every area of my life. Um, but I remember like during that time, like that was kind of like where I started finding writing. Um, cause when you don't have anybody mm-hmm. to talk to, or you don't allow yourself to talk to anybody, um, during that time, like I would literally, uh, my mom found it like months after she mm-hmm. came back home, like from the hospital, but it was literally like letters of me, like begging God to like, let my mom stay. And I was like, Lord, mm-hmm. like, I just want like my mom to see me grow up. I was like, there's so like you're 10 (laughs) like you barely like lived and I'm like there's so much like ahead of me and like there's so much that I need my mom there for that it was like just Mm. like it was so tough um but even after like my mom got out of the hospital and and things like it was just so much anger that was like built up like almost in the sense that I felt like um betrayed in a sense of like the Lord betraying me and I was like yeah God like we've served you. We've served you. Like we've Mm. been good. And it's like, why, why did like, what did we do to deserve this? And that was kind of like the attitude. Like I just became so like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, and that was when Mm. I'd say that was like the point of me kind of starting to be like, no, like there's no, you're not going to get anything out of me. Like you're going to ask me how I am and I'm going to tell you that I'm okay and I can put up with it and I don't need anybody and I don't need to rely on anybody. So that was kind of like the, the big major turning point. But then like, even after, I mean, depending on how the conversation goes, I'll get into like a little bit of that um, as well. But um, that was like, I feel like the main marker of like the flip of like, Oh yeah. She, the little Ari like kind of got like torn away and was like, no, I don't, we're not really going to let her out anymore. We'll we'll just like push her on the side. But that's what I would say was like the main like turning point for me. Wow. Wow. And that's because at that age too, is that's not an easy thing to live with. Like to sit there and watch your, your mother in the hospital being an only child and knowing that your parents, like that's your family, that's your Mm -hmm. family. And to see one of them, you know, in the hospital, but it can be so difficult. And so you, you know, I, I think one, it's beautiful that you were able to write letters, even if you weren't able to speak, you know, mm-hmm. on the topic so much. But I also think that like, it's, it's so strong to see a 10 year old writing to God and like through from the heart, not the like, you know, prayer where it's like, you know, thank you for today. No, like this is yeah. from, you're saying like, I, I'm only 10. I, I want her in my life. Like there's so much more I need her for. Right. Um, and so did you, so I'm guessing you grew up in, in a home that like, you know, Jesus was in, like your parents taught you and took you to church or was that just like something that you carried with you? Yes. Yeah, so, um, 
my when my parents like met um neither of them were were christian my dad was like more on the catholic side um and then um as i started growing up like i'd say like right around like two my mom that was when my mom like found the lord um and mm. like even even like me my parents couldn't have kids and like my mom received a word from god but she didn't know it was god and then like they waited for me seven years and then that's like when i i like came along but um right around like two that was when my mom like really started like giving her life to like the lord and um during that year of my mom giving her life to the lord and then my dad was like go to catholic um go to like catholic church i was a kind of in between um and like um, my mom tells me that she's like oh every morning like i'd be like no i want to go with my dad and my mom was like no like you're gonna come with me and it was just like kind of that back and forth (laughs) um but my dad like ended up coming to the Lord a little bit after. Mm. And then um, I'd say like right around the age of like four or five, like we were fully devoted in church. And like that, that transition, like for my dad as well, like um, they're pastors now, but it was something like so fast, like the amount of knowledge and like just wisdom that my dad had so rapidly was like something that only like came from the Lord. Um, But so as much as I can remember, like I grew up in like a Christian household, um, always in church. Um, I remember like sleeping, like in the chairs, like while my parents were in meetings. Um, so I grew up Mm. in church and then like something that I'm grateful for, um, that my parents made it more than like just church. I feel like when we came home, like it was still a topic that was like, so talked about, um, we, I like knew about the Lord, not because of church, but because I saw them live it. And because like they Mm. instilled it in me and it was like, okay, like we'll have time or like you seek the Lord. And like, even like from being so little, like I remember like doing like little projects of like what Genesis spoke about and like just stuff like that. It was just like, it was something so sweet, like growing up in a household that instills like Jesus in you. But, but yeah, so Mm. I did grow up in like a household that was Christian. That's so, so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I love that because it's like the the seeds that they planted. Yes, in you. definitely. Um, and I wanted to ask earlier when you talked about that anger, like what was that like? Because now you're going from happy and bubbly and now you've, you have this anger introduced. You know, you have anger um, that you're learning to manage and you're writing these letters, but also it's like it, your mom does come home, but you, you said that like, you had this anger festering inside of you and you're you know, you're living with that. So what was that like? Whilst, you know, clearly you were writing to God and, you know, you had a relationship with him, but you also talked about kind of being angry with God. And um, Mm -hmm. I think it's good to talk on that topic because to normalize being angry with God, like, I think I was reading Jeremiah recently and I think even he got upset because he's like, I'm so tired of telling them they're going to die if they don't Mm -hmm. repent. And he said, like, I don't want to do this anymore. But, you know, of course he kept doing so because he describes it as a fire within him that he can't you know, shut off. So what was that like for you at that age, feeling angry at God, um, which is such a normal feeling to feel in in such a season? Right. So, um, so yeah, I feel like that, like I had mentioned, that was kind of like the point of me being angry with the Lord. And um, I feel like if things would have maybe gotten a little bit better after my mom had gotten out of the hospital, like that anger would have gone away. Um, but honestly, like the case was that it got like so much worse after my mom left the Mm -hmm. hospital. So during that time, um, like I said, I grew up like 
um, I had, I lived like right across the street from my family. Um, like my aunts and like uncles and grandma like lived across the street and like we would like switch from like Christmas to Thanksgiving, like who would do what in whose house. And like, mm. we were just such a like tight knit family and Christmases were like the most extravagant thing like <laughs> ever for us. Oh. Um, and like during that time, like my family was there for me, but right after that, um, we kind of started like slowly losing everything. Like, um, my mom's hospital bills were so much, my dad had no work. Um, so we ended up losing our house. Um, we literally like went from like everything to nothing so rapidly. Um, randomly my dog got lymphoma and died as well like there was just so much like in the matter of like two years like we lost the house and my dog died and then my mom's going through all of this and then like to top it all off like um there was so much family conflicts going on and then my like closest family ends up being like ripped away from me as well like during this Mm. time like I like lose what it is to have like a Christmas and not because we don't have money, but because yeah. they stop calling. I, I stop getting calls for my birthday. Like we lose Christmas and birthdays. And like now suddenly it's like, I don't know who my family is. And like all of these things like start continuing to like build up and the anger like just keeps on like building and building and building. And like something that was like so not simple because it wasn't simple but something that was like so small and like I had felt like I was angry at the Lord because I felt like he was betraying me now I'm starting to like feel betrayer betrayal from like my closest family and like the people that were supposed to care about me the most and it's like okay like I truly have nobody like that was like what I like started putting out there so like even then it became like so much more, like there was just so much going on like around me. And like I I said, like, I didn't want to express it. I had nobody to express it to. Cause in my head as well, I was like, Lord, these are the people that like you gave to take care of me. Like, I feel like when you're little, like you think that like family is like supposed to be there, but now it's like, man, if these are the people that are supposed to love me and they don't love me, how is anybody else going to love me? Like, how are you going to love me? Like, it's hard to accept, like, even the Mm -hmm. love of the Lord, because we get so caught up in like this worldly love. And it's like, we start seeing like reflections of love and like so many different things. And it's like, no, but like the Lord's love is so unconditional, but it gets so tainted because of what we pick up and like the love that we pick up and a love that's so like, easily broken over like trivial things. Um, so it would just like kept like building up. And like, I feel like this process, like, of like losing the house and like, growing up, like, then the whole family like situation, I that started like right around when I was like nine or 10, with my mom being in the hospital. And then like, I think it like led up up until well, it's still something that like, I've been going through, like with family wise, but like just the back, (laughs) like the back and forth of it. Um, I think it was like, it was literally like three years of like constant things. And it was like, okay, Mm. like what else are, what else is going to come our way? Like we're ready for it. And that was like kind of the attitude that I was like, I don't care if you're in my life, you're in my life. If you're not, you're not like everything has been taken from me. 
Like, it doesn't even matter at this point. Um, But I think something that sustained me so much, like after that season, um, was the story of Job. (laughs) Like, when Mm. you go and you read that story, and like, you're fighting with the Lord, because like, that was like, that was my fight. I was like, Lord, like, we've served you. Like, we've been in church. Like, my parents are, like, some of the most loyal, faithful, like, loving people. And, like, now I'm starting to see how they're being treated by, like, family members and, like, outside people. And I'm like, man, like, Lord, like, I don't want to, like, keep living like this, keep living in, like, a form of, like, feeling like you just keep, like, um, I just felt like the Lord wasn't seeing me and wasn't seeing my family and all of our sacrifice so then um when you find the story of job like and you're in that mentality it's like the lord like makes you be quiet like so fast because we see it like Job literally everything gets taken from job and then like once his like body is touched and like he's like dealing with sicknesses and everything like that like that's when Mm -hmm. we see like the lord come into the conversation and it's like it's that verse that's like where were you when I created like the heavens and the earth? Like we know absolutely nothing. And like, we're not in a place to like question his greatness and question like his goodness. Um, Something I have, I like wrote a spoken word about my mom, um, but something that I wrote at the end of it, that was, I wrote, even if like the Lord were to take my mom, like the Lord is still good. And it's so difficult to understand that concept because when you're going through it, like in your flesh, it's like a good God wouldn't let a 10 year old go through this. A good God wouldn't allow so much anger, wouldn't allow so much pain at such an early age. But the reality is that like, if I wouldn't have gone through all that, I would have never seen different sides of the Lord. I would have never learned Mm who the Lord is as a healer, who the Lord is as a provider. Like those are things that I've facets of the Lord that I would have never seen if I would have never experienced that. And like that, that's his goodness. And that's his mercy is that we go through things so he can show like new sides of who he is because he's so good. Sometimes he needs to strip everything from us so that we can rely on him and we can see like the greatness of him. Um, so a lot of times I feel like we think that his goodness is him giving us stuff, but a lot of times his goodness Mm. is taking everything from us so that we can rely on him and actually commune with him and like know who he is and like the different facets of him. Um, but yeah, I kind of rambled, but no, that was, that was so good. Like I wouldn't say rambled because I think that, I mean, I think it it sounded incredible. It, It really spoke I think what you said spoke really beautiful about reality. You know, what Mm. happens, what do you do when you lose everything, when everything is stripped from you and and knowing God in the valley and and you were in the valley for about three years. So what is it like to give everything to God, to not have control of anything and hand that control over to God? So I really loved how you said it because it's humbling. It's so humbling because you know, we're just based on materialistic things and that's our value and that's how we worship God on what he gives us, then are we truly worshiping God for who he is? Um, Mm. 
a just and merciful God. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, what did you do after you lost the house? You know, like you're losing your family, like, well, I'm like that support system wasn't there and you're feeling rejected and, and like, you're not even, you know, you're just not there um, from your family. What was that like losing the house? What did you guys do? You know, and then you also talked about getting to know God as a healer and as a provider. So, you know, how was that experience for you? Right. Um. So during that, during that season, um, like I said, like I grew up like very like, privileged thank like the lord um but it was literally we went from like i remember like we packed up like a two-story house like it was like three living rooms and like five bedrooms wow. and like we literally let went from that to like a itty bitty like apartment and like we had to like mm. we sold everything and it was just like because um like we were about to like lose the house like there we were about to be like evicted um, so we ended up like selling it like as fast as we could. And like, we didn't have time to like, hold on to things. Like it was just like, take it and go like whatever. Um, but during that, yeah. I feel like the last, honestly, like since then, um, I feel like my life has been made up of so much like inconsistencies, um, not because of things on purpose, but just because of so much change and so much like, Oh, here we go again, moving to a new house. Now we're moving to a new apartment. And it's like, oh, okay. Like mm -hmm. just having to get, I feel like I needed to get used to like that back and forth of not having like consistency. And there were so many things in my life that were so inconsistent. Um, but something that like now the Lord has been like speaking over me and like revealing to me is just like, it's mm -hmm. been having to take me back and be like, the only thing that has been consistent has been the Lord. And it's been me having to take time and be like, okay, Lord, in this season, like, where were you? Like, and having to like truly sit down and like see where the Lord has been. And like, even in the, like the things that like don't make sense as to where the Lord was, but be like, okay, like this is where you were and this is where you are. And like seeing that, I feel like now, like years later is where I'm starting to see where he has been and where he has like remained. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like there was a lot yeah. of like inconsistencies. Um, but then my, my, my dad, is, my, my dad is amazing. He is such like a goal oriented, like very like, um, he, he, he'll take the word from the Lord and like run with it. And it's, it's just so amazing to like see that because like that pushes you to like be able to do the same. Um, but during that season, like after we had like lost everything, like I feel like it's so easy to just kind of sit and like mope and like be like, we lost everything. And like for a season, like, yes, like that's what was going on. Um, but my dad ended up like he created like a, a new business and like gave it on to the Lord. And three years after mm -hmm. like everything, like because of his step of him giving it to the Lord, like everything started like flourishing. And like, um, honestly, like I just relate to the story of Job, but like everything yeah. that like we had lost was like slowly like given back to us in like ways that we didn't even understand. But it was just like so beautiful to see that. And to be like, 
we have lost everything and like we are not in, in a space to like have anything but like slowly when we were like lord like take take everything like we have nothing but like what mm. i give to you like is my heart um something that like a story that my dad always like says is that during this time um the like offering basket was going around and like we like truly had nothing like we didn't even have like enough money for like mm. lunch that day and he said that like yeah. as the offering basket was coming around he was like lord i have nothing but he says that like so symbolically so symbolically he grabbed his heart and like put it in the basket he was oh. like lord i have wow. nothing but this is like the mm. only thing that i can give you and seeing that and seeing that action is like when I go through things and when I have nothing it's like Lord all I can give to you like is my worship all I can give to you is mm. my heart like and I have nothing but knowing that that is enough for the Lord like and a lot of times we overcomplicate it and we feel like we need to be like all put together and perfected and like give so mm. much and give an offering that's so large but our worship and our offering wow. and our heart is so much more than anything else um in this program that i'm in we're reading like through through the entire bible like during the during the nine months that we're here and um i was going through genesis and i was like i've, I've read through genesis like that was kind of like my yeah, mentality did a whole project like, on it when i was little yeah, right so i was like <laughs> lord like please just like allow me to see this in like a new way like speak to me in a different way mm. um, so i was going through the story of of cain and abel and um, that's a story like you hear in like Sunday school. And it's just like, okay, Cain and Abel. Um, but the Lord spoke to me like so much, like through, through the simplicity of that story. Um, but I like really took time to like observe, like what was the difference between like Cain and Abel's offering? And like, it wasn't that Abel's offering was so much greater. And it wasn't that, it came packaged any better than like what Cain's did. But the thing is that Abel's offering hurt. It truly hurt mm. him to give on to the Lord. There was no sacrifice that came through Cain's offering. It was like, Adam, Lord, I have everything and I'm just going to give you it. But when it comes from a place that hurts and when our sacrifice mm. comes from pain and when it's like true sacrifice Amen. that hurts, like that's what made that's what made Abel's offering so much more pleasing to the Lord. It wasn't that it came packaged any differently. It was just that it hurt him and it hurt to give. But there was so much glory in that. And there was so much favor in the Lord seeing his offering. So even in that, like I was like, wow, like there's so much beauty in like our pain and so much beauty and like our sacrifice and giving everything to the Lord when, when we have nothing. Um, but yeah. So, so beautiful. I've, I've got to say like, you know, it, as a person who's doing a podcast, structurally pain, you know, just about pain and, and what God can do with it. I just really appreciate how you, talked about that, how you explained it, how you described it was just so beautiful um, and raw too, because again, like we, we talk about uh, sufferings and stuff like that, but to also understand 
offerings, you know, what that's like giving all of yourself to God, yes. you know, not just giving, you know, well, you know, I have enough, so here you go, Lord, but like giving to mm-hmm. the point where it hurts to show God that like, right. I'm, I'm simply here to love and worship you and to serve you, God, and to serve your kingdom and not to serve myself and not to put myself mm-hmm. first and just the journey. I really do love, um, just everything that God has revealed to you, you know, to, to get to that point of understanding, because I think that a lot of the times we read a book of the Bible and we're like, got it all set. But then we go back and it's like this new revelation. It's like, I com- I completely went over that the first time. So, right. so incredibly beautiful. And I wanted, and I, you know, one of my questions I was going to ask you is like, what have you learned from losing everything? You know, like, what was that like? And I feel like you, you just touched in on that just now, just the way that you described it, but like looking back at it now, right? Like looking back at little you, that transition that you lived, those moments of anger that you lived in. And before you came to the realization that you have now, what do you, what would you say that you've learned from losing everything? Oh, um, wow. Um, yeah, I feel like, um, like a lot of um, well, I'm trying to like figure out like how to word it. Um, but I feel like something that I've learned from like losing everything is just kind of like um kind of like how I mentioned before is like the reliance and like the consistency of the Lord. Um, I feel like mm. when you're so constantly and like even like recent like things when I so constantly like stripped of so much and like there's so much loss and so much losing it's like trying to and it's so hard for us and like our human minds to like grasp it and understand it Mm -hmm. um but trying to understand like the consistency of the lord like through all of it um and understanding that like through every season through every trial like the lord has never changed the way that he loves us and things can come our way, but the way he loves us, like, remains the same. He never changes his goodness. He never changes his mercy. And just being, I feel like when we're even able to hold on to, like, a glimpse of that and hold on to that understanding, Mm -hmm. like, when things start coming our way, it's like, okay, I'm losing this again, but, like, Lord, you're constant. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm losing everything I've known for the last seven years, but, Lord, you're constant. And, like, I feel like kind of like losing I mean it comes with like pros and cons almost um I feel like because I was so used to or I have been in the past like so used to losing everything I just came so I became so like detached from everything so when the Lord would kind of remove it from me I'd just be like okay well Mm. there it is again but also that something now that I've been learning is that that's also not an attitude to have. And like, you need to be balanced in like both areas of like, I can let you in and I can attach myself to you and understand that it's okay to let people in, but also be like, if the Lord takes you out, then it's okay because you were there for a season and you still taught me something, but I am allowed to get close to you and I'm allowed to love you and I'm allowed to allow you to love me. Um, so Mm. I feel like now being here over the last month, that's something that the Lord has been teaching me because, um, I feel like when you go through like so much pain and so much loss and you kind of like, 
like I said, I kind of became like very like angry and like strong. And I was like, nope, the point that I always needed to prove was like, I am strong. I have it under control. But like during this last month, like the Lord has been like breaking down like so many walls and it's been like, no, like you have to have balance. Like you have to allow people in. Like we are created to fellowship. We are created to like lean Mm. on one another and like be there for one another. And like, we're, we can see like different facets of who the Lord is like through people. And if we're never allowing people in, we're never going to see a part of who he is in that person. Um, Mm. So I feel like something that I've been learning is like balance and being like, Yes, the Lord has been the only constant thing, but he brings things into our lives and takes them out when he pleases, but it's for a reason. And just like, I feel like that's something that like I've been learning is he's constant, but I'm allowed to let people in. And if he takes them out, at least I love them and they served like their purpose in my life and I serve their a purpose in their life. And just like being okay with that balance of like both, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think it's really beautiful how you described everything and how God really will just make you reflect and show you um, what you what needs to be worked on, even though it's been a long journey of healing, uh, a long journey of recognizing God's hand, because, mm-hmm. you know, we can be in the valley. And sometimes it's really hard to notice him next to us when we're so caught up in in the trenches and how many times we trip or how many times we fall over. So you talked about earlier in the beginning, how you discovered dance, how you discovered, you know, what that was like for you. So talk a little bit about that. Do you remember just what that was like for you when you discovered that outlet and you had that fresh breath of air? Yes. Um. So honestly, like, even in that, there was like so much like, um, so much like struggle, but that was like, Mm. um, but I knew that that was something that the Lord had like given me, but I feel like a lot of times when the Lord gives us something, the world tries to take it away from us because he knows that like, that's how we communicate with him. And like, honestly, that's what like dance is for me. Like, that's my like way of communicating with the Lord. And then I feel like when the enemy like sees that and it's like, okay, you were given this gift or you were given this or like the enemy immediately tries to like attack it. And it's like, how can I stop Mm. you from that? How can I take your worship away from you? How can I take that outlet away from you? Um, Yeah. But yeah, no. So like growing up, um, I was like, I like, I love dance. Um, and then I remember like always like doing it like in church. And, um, I just remember like doing like the little specials and like for Christmas, and, like you'd come out with like your little wings and like whatever. Um, Aww. I just like always, always enjoyed it. And it was something so special, um, to me, but like I said, like sometimes the world tries to like take that away. Um, so during the time that my mom had been in the hospital, um, I feel like the way that people would try to comfort me was like they'd give me food, which is kind of an odd concept, but, like, I feel like people, like, naturally would be, like, oh, you're sad? Let me take you out for ice cream, Um, but that was, like, such a constant Mm. thing, so for, like, all those months that my mom, like, those two months that my mom was in the hospital, like, even after that, um, there was nobody cooking in my house. There was, like, no, I wasn't, like, being fed properly, Um, so during those, like, that 
month and then like those two months but even after that like while my mom was like recovering I like gained like so much weight so rapidly um and in the dance world like very much it's about like you have to like look a certain way Mm. and like you see ballerinas and they're like extremely skinny and that's like yeah, the the picture standard perfect thing. Yeah, it's a standard. And then like, even growing up, you're like, wow, like, you kind of start realizing you're like, Oh, like, I kind of don't look like that. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Mm. That's not like the way that I'm looking right now. Um, But for me, like, it wasn't something that like, I had like realized until like somebody had like brought it to my attention. I remember like one day I was in a class and then um, they had told us to go do a handstand. And the girl that was in front of me was like very thin. And um, mm-hmm. she, the teacher was like, make sure you do it exactly like her. And I was like, okay. So I went up and I did my handstand. I was probably like 11 at that time. So I did my handstand. And when I came back down, she was like, well, you're not going to do it like her because she's skinny and you're not. And like, that was something mm-hmm. that like, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. true and then it started it kind of started becoming like well I'm not worthy enough to dance because I'm not thin mm. um I can't be doing that because I'm not thin like dance shouldn't yeah. be given to me like that's not a gift for me anymore because I'm not thin um and that was like something that was like so on repeat and then actually I ended up like quitting dance for for a year mm. and I was like no like that I don't seed was do planted it. in you yeah, exactly. And it was something that like kept like festering. And it was like, sometimes we don't like realize like how much like a simple word will be so like embedded in us. Um, So like, that was something that like, I was like, Oh, wait, like, I don't want to dance. Like, I don't, I don't want to like do this anymore. Um, But then like, I like, because already during this time, like, I'm not being like super verbal with my emotions and then like now dance is taken from me and then I'm just like I like truly didn't know like what to do um and then I ended up like um a year later I ended up like returning back to the place where I was like dancing um but that was like something that I had like struggled with for like so long like trying to like um trying to access the gift that the Lord had given me when my mind was telling me Mm. that I wasn't worthy of it because of a standard that the world had put on me. And like, this is like, the Lord literally calls us like for things that we are not qualified for. Like the Lord called the most randomest people, like in the Bible, like he called Moses to speak and he had like a stuttering issue. Like it's like, he calls people that aren't qualified. And like, that's what like, that's the beauty in it is that like, no, like we can't do it. Like we truly can't do it, but the Lord is so glorified through it. And so glorified, like when we are like lacking. Um, so yeah, it had been, it's been so much of like a back and forth, like with me and dance. Cause then like I started growing up and I was like, Oh, like, well, if I want to dance, like now I need to lose like all this weight. And it like that even became like such a toxic relationship, like with me and the way that like, I viewed food. And then like, it was like, okay, well, like, Mm -hmm. there was so much back and forth because of like, a simple word that was like spoken Mm -hmm. over me. Um, And like, that's why I said, like, in the beginning, when like, you had asked me like about dance, like, 
it had always been a part of my life, but I never in a million years like would have imagined that like I would be doing it in a professional manner in a scale that I am doing it now because there was so much back and mm. forth in that. Um, but little by little, like I feel like I started learning that like that was the way that the Lord like speaks to me and that I'm like truly allowed mm. to like let so much go. Um, and I feel like the time where I was able to see it the most, my leader had always, um, my dance leader at my church, she had always told me, she was like, you, you start seeing, um, you start seeing things differently when like, you're kind of like leading things. And I was like, I don't understand what that means. And then, um, Mm. during the season, um, she ends up going through like an extremely rough time. Um, and I end up kind of like taking over the ministry and I'm like, I'm literally like 16 Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, I'm like, I am not qualified for this. I'm like, I have no idea like how to do this. Like, I don't know how to like run this. Like I'm, I'm 16. Like that's another thing. The Lord calls people young. Like you hear, you see it in Jeremiah. Like that's not, that's not a thing. The Lord calls people whenever he wants to call them. Um, but during this season, like, it was like, okay, like it was kind of like, I was placed in a season where I needed to start sharing what the Lord gave me. Um, Mm. so it was like, I feel like there was so much freedom for me in that season. Um, because now it wasn't only, uh, this is the way I communicate. It was like, this is my pain and this is what I'm going through. And like, now I get to create something with it. And now I get to create a dance and like pour it out there and have like it minister to people. And it was like something, it was something so different to for me because even then, like I had a refined dance in my quiet time. I had a refined like different things. And like the reason why I like truly love dance away from all the voices And even then to like allow myself to be, to share it and to allow critique to come, but not to let Mm. it tear me down, just to kind of take it as it is and be like, okay, like, yes, but not to let it tear it down. Like that one word did like such a long time ago for me. Um, But yeah, no dance during that season, I feel like it kind of became more of an outward expression. And I started like really sharing like why my original why, which that goes back to like, what it was for me, which was like, just simply a therapy. Like, when I had nobody, when there was nothing going on, like, it was like, I'm gonna play my music and sit here. And like, I like, just small things like that, like, just sit here and like, play music and like, Lord, like, this is how I'm feeling. And I don't have the words to describe it. But like, I'm gonna just move Mm -hmm. to this song that explains like the way that I'm feeling. Um, so it was just that, and there was like so much freedom, like in that season of like having to share as well. Um, but no, it's, it, that has been a roller coaster, but the Lord, when the Lord calls, like he will, he will do whatever it takes like for us to like get to that calling, even if we have, like, we're just really stubborn sometimes and we won't listen the first time he calls and sometimes he has to like take some extreme measures (laughs) um so that we can get there um but no yeah yeah start leaving voice messages 
little back and forth of like, hey, it's me again. Just leaving another yeah. message, hoping you pick up. Like, just a <laughs> reminder. <laughs> just in case you forgot. Um, no, yeah. but I, I absolutely agree. I think God calls, I mean, when God calls you, he doesn't have worldly expectation because he made you. Yes. So he knows what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. And it's not even a matter of like, do I have all of the things that I need to do this? Right. Do I have all of the knowledge that I need to do this? Um, because when he calls you, he calls you and, and you might be thinking like, oh, I'm I'm in this career. So I must be doing what God has for me. And then he'll like mm. uproot the floor from you and say, no, yes. that's not what I have for you. Although it's a season of education um, that you'll mm-hmm. get to use later on in life. It's definitely what I have in store for you. And right. it's, it's, and it's so unique according to the person. Cause like listening to mm-hmm. you talk about dance and how you move to the song, I think it's so beautiful because this is how, you know, it's specifically for you. So after interviewing, you know, a certain amount of people, I truly have discovered, uh, I guess through the looking glass, kind of like just, listening and watching people describe what God has done in their lives. I have seen people talk about fashion in such a way that I could never understand in a way that like I thought I liked clothes, but from a consumer, you know, perspective, not from the designer perspective and just, you know, how people have a heart for the Lord and other, and other very sensitive topics such as abortion and like how people have, you know, a heart for the youth and how people have a heart for just, making sure that, you know, they're there for people that like the mercy and and hosting and just like, you can tell how God uniquely gave each person a gift, whether it's like a musician can, can listen to notes and create, you know, and a dancer can listen to those same notes and with their body respond. And it's a beautiful thing that can only be done with like, with the creation that God has created. And even if you like take a step back and you look at trees and you see how Mm -hmm. they blow together in the wind and how they communicate back and forth and how nature seems to do a fantastic job. Like, you know, if we weren't getting so involved in cutting trees down and all this stuff, you know, squirrels wouldn't have to dig through the trash like they do because Mm -hmm. in a world where everything's left into God's design, it flows so beautifully and it can be trusted to survive because like it says in the Bible, like the flowers don't have to worry. The birds don't have to worry. So it's a really beautiful thing. And to live in, in that space that you've discovered, which is like, I, you know, this is my calling and this is what I love to do. And this is what God made me for and has called me to do. But then also to live in a place where everything was taken from you and then say like, it hurt, but I understand it. It's not about what God gives me, but who I am in those moments with the Lord. So, so, so incredibly beautiful and, and, and so beautifully said, because you have to go through it to get to that point, you know, yes. in a world where you hadn't lost everything, where you didn't experience everything. I want to believe that you probably wouldn't have seen it the same way that you do now. Mm-hmm. And that could only be met yeah. through the valley in which you were in. Yeah. No, and, and so, I feel like a lot. Of, oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Good, good. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I didn't know if you were going to say something. Um, But I feel like a lot of times, like, we want, like, the glory without going through the process. And like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like you see, you see that so much, like in the Bible, like Joseph, like if he wouldn't have gone through like that betrayal and like his brothers are really selling him, like he would have never gone mm-hmm. into the palace. But like a lot of times we just yeah. want to be like, Lord, like, just take me to like the highest place. But like, he's like, 
know, like there's so much that you have to like learn through the process. And there's so much that you have to learn through like the people that come your way or the things that you lose. And like a lot of times, like we just want the glory without the pain and like, or like we want Mm. that favor of the Lord, like without the pain of the sacrifice. And we want the Lord to see us and like honor us and favor us if, but we're not giving him anything that hurts. Um, Mm. but no, like I, I, I wrote something down the other day. I'm trying to, okay. I found it. Um, but in, in like, we're working on this dance for like, um, our, at the company that I'm at and we're doing this song that's called Anthem of Praise. And there's this Mm. part in the song that's just like, it's literally just hit her like singing holy and like worthy and like on repeat. And um, Mm. something that I wrote down is like the, the meaning of the word worthy is having or showing qualities and ability and qualities or abilities that merit recognition. And then like, what I wrote under mm. that is that his character makes him worthy, not by what he does, but simply who he is. And like having Amen. to understand that and be like, Lord, if you did nothing for me, like just who you are is enough. Like just what you've done for yeah. others is enough. Like if you never do anything else for me, like, can I be okay with still like praising the Lord? Like, can I be okay with still worshiping the Lord if he never does anything for me? If he never takes away my pain? If if I, if I my pain keeps getting added onto, like, am I okay with understanding that he is still worthy and he is still holy because it's his character and it's not who he, it's not what he does and it's not what he does for us, but like he is holy and he is worthy because of who he is and like everything in his character makes him deserve the glory, not because of anything he's done for us, but like being able to be like, Lord, like if you do nothing for me, like, will I truly still love you the same? Will I still give you like all the glory and the honor to be able to like praise you in my pain until I see that glory. And like, even if that glory, the glory doesn't come like, he's still good because of who he is. Yes. Um, but. Amen. Sorry. I need, I need a water. For no. a <laughs> You're living water. We all need it. Um, I, I love, 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 love what you were saying and how you said it. And just like, it's true. I think um, recently I, I, I felt like God told me like a month or so ago was like, if all I ever asked, if like, if, if, or kind of like the idea came to my mind of like, if I die today, it's like the Holy Spirit was saying, if mm. you die today, and and this is where I wanted you, like if I called you home today, and this well, was your purpose to get to today, you know, do you understand that like, you know, would you die happy? Like, would you be fulfilled? Mm. Or will you continue to like, feel like, because wow. I feel like a lot of the times we feel like I could have done more, I could do better, I could get better, I could, you know, improve in this and that. And I think that God was simply saying to me, I think he was just saying like, if, if this is as far as I've ever wanted you to get, like, would that be okay for you? Like, could you wow. worship me knowing that this is as far as I wanted you to get? And it humbled me because I was like, wow, God, like, you know, I don't know when my day, my last day will be, mm. but I can, 
worship you in every day and know like if this is as far as God wants me to get then this is the best place for me to possibly be wow. and so I love what you said and I loved how you explained it and I don't know why but Lightning McQueen is coming to my head like the first Cars movie where you know he's this big shot guy and he is in the glory but then he kind of gets lost and not on purpose yeah. but he ends up in a place that kind of really humbles him because there are people around him who are like this is a community, you know, we care about one another. And he he finds out for the first time, like, I've been doing this on my own and discovering mm. community, discovering love, discovering that to the point where, like, when he is shooed away at the end of the movie and we when he is get, gets picked up and goes to the race, like, he can't take his mind off of, I remember, like, there's that clip where he's thinking about the road, the curvy, long road with the trees, driving behind Sally, I think her name is, and he's in a race. And so it, it really just speaks to you of like, you know, we might have this particular idea of ourselves and what we think is glory and greatness. Um, but God might have a very different idea and it might be very humbling. And it might be that person, you know, who is the supporting person or the people who are in the background and not on the stage. And that, mm -hmm. I mean, if we don't have the people in the background if we don't have the setup people, the door openers, right. we don't have a stage. We don't have mm -hmm you know, the lights, we don't have the system, we don't have the music. And so like, God's just designed this beautiful, beautiful tapestry and gears that work together. Um, but to, but we first need to be in sync with God and know yes. humbly who he is in our lives to perform in such a way. So like, just I feel like even for me in this interview has been such a like Sunday morning for me, because everything you've said has been so beautiful and, and filling and, and so full of the spirit and that guidance that God has in your life. And so like, before we come to an end, I just want to ask you, like, of course, like, with everything that we've discussed and everything that you've learned, like, what would you say God has done with your pain? Like, what would you say, like, this is, this is what God has done with me and my pain? Yes. Um, so honestly, like, um, it was, it was kind of funny, like when you were talking about lightning McQueen and like, I was about to start crying. I was like, why is that ministering to me right now? Um, but like when you were saying that, like he for so long had been like doing it on his own. And then like all of a sudden mm. he gets like introduced to like a community. Um, even in the last month, like that is what the Lord has like, that's what the Lord has done for me. Um, and um, mm. we were in like a worship class like this past week. And um, I like I have I've like remotely shared a little bit of like my story with people, but not like like fully. And it's like so insane when the Lord like gives you a word. And it's like, I know that's from you because there's no way that you'd have known that. Um, but this girl, yeah. <laughs> she she came up to me and she started sharing that. She said that she saw like, a vision of me like crying as a little girl and she mm. said that in every season of my life like it was like different pictures of me crying and she said that mm. in some like she would see like how the lord would like wipe away my tears um mm. and then she said that all of a sudden like it flashed into like a different image and that it was me like in an ocean of like my own tears and like my own pain and like I was kind of trying to like cover it up and like clean it up and like fix it. Um, mm. And then something that she told me, she was like, allow yourself to like be in community and allow yourself to like 
let other people like wipe away your tears like let the lord like wipe away your tears and like your pain um so for like the longest time i feel like my pain had so much attachment to like anger and me trying to do it on my own and like me trying to be like this hard like person and i feel like we don't we don't do it on purpose but i feel like a lot of times because of like the pain that we go through it'll turn us into like such a hard shell because like we we go through so much pain that we don't want any more pain so we're like if I can close myself mm. off from any, everything and everyone and not feel pain like that's what I'm gonna do um so I feel like that had been like something so constant for me and like like you said like Lightning McQueen was doing it on, by himself for so long and like I have been like doing it by myself for so long and I've been like no like mm. i I don't need anybody but like that's not what the Lord has like called us to do or like called us to be like we're allowed to like rely on one another and speak to one another and encourage one another um so like back to what you were saying like what has the Lord done with my pain like honestly like the Lord has like completely transformed my heart and my idea of pain and changing it from from okay, I went through pain. So like now I'm angry and now I'm closed off and I'm not going to let anybody in and changing it into a, okay, I've been through this and I've felt all these things and I've gone through all these seasons and I've been through betrayal and I've been through so much, not because I'm supposed to bottle it up and put walls in, but because the Lord is teaching me to be gentle and the Lord is teaching me to like share. And like, now that I've gone through all this, like I can relate. And like, now, like if somebody comes with their pain, it's like, I've been there. Like, let me tell you about how, like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like, let me tell you about like how I've been through it. Let me tell you about how the story of Job has like been such an anchor for me and like the worst moments of my life. So like, I feel like even during this Amen. last month, like the Lord has like changed my idea and like my view of like, okay, I've been through pain and I'm closed off. And it's like, no, like I'm changing your heart and I'm changing it. And like, it's been torn apart, but like, there's so much more that you're allowed to hang on to. And there's like, there's so something that I'm like learning now is that there's so much beauty and brokenness. And a lot of times, mm. like, we feel like we're not allowed to, like, talk about it and that we're not allowed to share it. But, like, the Lord can never be glorified if we're not broken. The Lord can't be him mm. and he can't be a mender and he can't be someone who, like, consoles us if we're never broken. And, like, mm. there's so much beauty and, like, brokenness and being like, Lord, like, I truly can't do it. And, like, I, I can't. And, like, us and our humanity, like, we can't do it. But when we come to the Lord and we're like, Lord, like, like, kind of like how, as I was saying before, like, Lord, I have nothing but my pain, like, yeah. and let that be worship onto mm. you. So I feel like that's Amen. what I would say. Like the Lord has changed, like my pain into worship. And, um, wow. he has just, wow. Like <laughs> I was kind of thinking like, no, like, as I was like, kind of like thinking through it right now is that like, that's what I can say is that like he's changed my pain like into worship. And like it, I wow. feel like a lot of times, like we close ourselves off from that. And that idea of that, mm -hmm. like our pain can't be something that is going to bring him glory, 
but it brings him so much glory. Like when we allow ourselves to be like mended and like re-brought back together, because like when we're, when we're giving everything that we have in sacrifice and in worship, and it's like, Lord, like here I am, like here are like all my broken pieces. And I don't know how to put myself back together, but like, I know you can do it. Like, I know you can like transform, like my heart being torn in a million pieces and like, just transform it for your glory. And like, um, some a verse that like just came like to mind it's like that verse that's like you've turned like my morning to dancing and like that's like truly what I can mm. say is that like both in like literal a symbolic way but like in a literal way like he's turned like my morning into dancing and like everything I've been through is like has led me to this point right now and that if I've never been through that morning like I can never understand and dance in a way that can minister to somebody else. I would never understand and speak in a way that can minister to somebody else. Like if I would have never gone through what I've gone through, like my morning, like my dancing wouldn't be dancing. Like my joy wouldn't be joy. Like it would be something that's so temporary because we're so constantly like clinging on to things that make us happy so fast. But like, if we're not finding our joy and our dancing and like, all of that, like in the Lord, we're not doing anything. So like truly like the, what the Lord has done with my pain is like transformed my morning, like into dancing. Um, wow. So that's what I would say. That's amazing. I, I honestly couldn't, couldn't even ask for a better answer. That was beautiful. Just like the way that you just, the, the path that you took me on from the moment I asked the question to the moment we got there just so incredible. And like, I just praise God for like his hand over your life and what he has done and and how he's done it and how he's done it specifically for you and curated it for you. And just seeing that goodness and then you being able to come on the podcast about pain and recognize that pain and say, this is what God has done with my pain. Because like you said earlier, which I loved normalizing pain because, or more of like normalizing that pain is real, that it happens, that mm-hmm. it exists in, in, in allowing people to have an outlet of how to bring that pain forward. Or even to hear someone else say like, I've lost everything or I've had this happen and I've had this happen. And they say like, wow, like I've had that happen to me. And I, I didn't think anyone right. else truly understood what that was like, you know, like what, what that experience was like. And to be that for someone, you know, after everything and God's goodness and just how he's been there for us in those seasons of our lives and us, like you said, be able to minister that way to other people is so, so beautiful. So I really just have to, again, like I praise God for you and I praise him for just your willingness to come on the podcast and your willingness to just be so vulnerable, but also just like, like it says in the Bible, testimony is so powerful and it's so beautiful and it's, you know, it, it carries so much truth. And so I just, I'm thankful for your testimony. I'm thankful for, you know, you sharing it. And I just praise God over and over again for turning your morning into dancing and living that scripture out the way that you are. I think that um, in this new journey that you're on, you know, of course, God is going to do some really incredible things. And, um, and after being so busy and still making time to be on the podcast, I think that with us coming to this end now, all I can, uh, or the last note that I'll leave us on is, 
I encourage you to rest, girl, like whenever you can. And, you know, if you have the time to do it, get some rest after moving and all of these new things that you've been doing and being on the podcast. I think that you've earned yourself some really good rest and a good nap, you know, because like it says yes, in the Bible, I think, nap. I don't remember who it was, but he sent someone to go take, yeah, he sent yes. someone to take a nap. I can't remember who it is. No, I know. <laughs> I, so, I lost it, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. So whenever I'm being grumpy or overwhelmed, I'm like, I probably need to take a nap at this point and let God, you know, re-energize me because clearly today is not the day, but I really just am so thankful. And honestly, like, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And um, I'm just so excited for when your episode comes out. No, thank you so much just for inviting me. Like the second I saw your email pop up, I was like, immediately yes <laughs> um but it's so beautiful like <laughs> even to see like your yes and like the the glory that that's like that the glory that's going to come from that as well like you saying yes and like just speaking to so many people and like allowing like for us to be heard but then also like allowing yourself to be used um it's just so mm. beautiful so I'm grateful for your life and <laughs> just your yes <laughs> oh amazing well I guess we're both grateful. Um, it's one of my favorite things is like when you put two two Christians and Jesus lovers in a room, it's like back and forth gratefulness and compliments. Yes. And like, no, I- <laughs> well, absolutely fantastic. Make sure that uh, if any of you wanted to follow more behind, you know, what Ari's up to and then anything that she's doing in her life right now, you can just follow her and she can give you all of those good details. Yes. Um, so mostly I kind of post like, I guess like my main platform is like on TikTok. And um, that is just Ariel Andrea with like double A at the end. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then I have the same on like Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's like my main like posting platform is definitely TikTok. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to what God has done with my pain. If you are interested in helping me spread light and truth of what God can do with pain, go to givebutter.com dash what God has done with my pain. So the podcast may continue to sustain future episodes. As always, a huge shout out to Lazuli for her song, No Greater Love, which you can find on Spotify. And you can find Lazuli on Instagram at Lazuli, P-R-O-J. Swing by what way this way on Instagram to catch some of behind the scenes snippets. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss a single interview. Meantime, I would love to hear from you on social media or email. Until next time.